Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 299. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off Road Andy. Hello. And Tony Katz. <clears throat> hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, and check out our entertainment podcast right after this. Let's kick things off, no pun intended, with the World Cup. Yes, the World Cup. We are getting to the getting ready to finish up these uh, the pool play here as uh, two uh, groups have already concluded, and that is Group A and Group B finished today. And in Group A, the Netherlands won the group as expected, and then Senegal actually got second place to advance with their win over Ecuador today which I think was probably an upset. I feel like Ecuador might have been the favorite to come out of that group as the second seed, but not by much. Nonetheless, it's Senegal. So I think of the, uh, the first African team to advance to the knockout stage in like... It's probably since Ghana in the World Cup against yeah. when they played USA, I think. Or no, no, never mind. They were in that group. That was in like a... I believe it was like 2008 when Ghana got to like the final eight or whatever it was. And uh, lost to somebody good. But... And there's still a few of them alive right now. Oh, so. yeah. There's uh, definitely a few alive. Um, you've got, who was, oh, yeah, the Cameroon still got a chance. Ghana, as we were just talking about, has a chance. So, uh, But, yeah, and then uh, in Group B, England won the group as predicted. And then moving on, getting second place in the group with their victory today, which they needed. A loss wasn't going to help or a tie wasn't going to help. They needed the victory, and that is what the United States did today to advance to the second round, and they will play the Netherlands on Saturday at 7 a.m. Pacific time. So it's going to be an early game, so I can expect a lot of people to be getting up early on Saturday morning to watch that game. So, Oh, I thought I saw... It is early. Okay. I thought it was like 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock, but 10 o'clock Eastern time. Yeah. Which is a bummer because the next game, which will be the winner from group C versus the second place team from group D gets the 11 a.m. game. So they kind of, and we're predicting that is going to be Argentina still, right? Yeah. We, Um, but they're, they're uh, this hemisphere, but they're further East than, well, I guess they're further East from us, not necessarily further East from the United States as a whole, but I think maybe they are. Yeah, and uh, time zones in the world is really hard to figure out. Argentina is currently second place in their group, one point behind Poland, who's in first. But Argentina plays Poland tomorrow or Wednesday, whenever you're listening to this, and they are predicted to win, and they they should win. Although Poland isn't, you know, an easy win, so it's very possible that if Poland beats Argentina and Mexico beats Saudi Arabia, that Poland wins the group and Mexico gets the two seed, and well, that would be very interesting. Argentina could win, and then. If Mexico or if Saudi Arabia beats Mexico, yeah, that's another that's, good point. Give me the number one team. Yeah, so that's all. Uh, all things to look forward to. So Group C will definitely be exciting, and then in Group D, you've got France with a commanding lead. I mean, France is—they're the best team in that group. They're going to win that group. Tunisia doesn't have a chance. While Denmark plays Australia, though, and that's going to be big because Denmark is the better team. And they have one point while Australia has three points. So if Denmark wins that game, they move on. But if Denmark draws or loses, then Australia moves on. So assuming Tunisia doesn't upset France, which again, we're thinking isn't going to happen. Um, so yeah, so the groups are getting uh, 
they're getting exciting. We, you know, this will run through uh, Friday until, you know, and then by Friday, it'll be by the, the time Friday's games conclude, we will know who the final 16 are. And uh, like we mentioned, there will be the two games on Saturday and then probably so forth, probably two games Sunday, two games Monday and Tuesday until we're down to uh, eight teams. And it's getting exciting. It's getting fun. Yeah, and the last last couple of matchups here in the in, in the group play here are important because there's some good teams that could be eliminated here. Yeah. Germany and Belgium yep. um, are at risk, and so is a and a lot of people have respect for Uruguay, and they're yeah. down there too, and especially because they were in a group with Portugal, Ghana, and South Korea. So there was definitely uh, hope that Uruguay would you know they all thought it would be Portugal and Uruguay pretty easily, but Uruguay hasn't even scored yet, so it's gonna be hard to move on without a goal. And speaking of that. I just wanted to point out also that the United States move on out of their group with only scoring two goals. Kind of impressive. They played three games and they only scored two goals. And that was enough to move on because they only gave up one goal. And if you remember, I did kind of mention, I was like, I think this is going to be a lower scoring overall group. And, you know, USA only scored two goals. Wales only scored one goal. Iran scored four goals, but other than England, who scored nine, but six of those came in one game. So the United yeah. States, and Andy pointed out to me earlier in uh, our, pre, our pre-studio talk, our pre-banter, that the only goal that USA gave up was a penalty kick late in the first game. So USA's defense, they've been here to play. So the Netherlands are a very talented team, but they haven't looked extremely impressive. You know, they only beat Qatar 2 nothing today. They... Uh, only beat Senegal 2-0 with both those goals coming late in the game, and they drew Ecuador 1-1. So the Netherlands haven't been, you know, amazing. So if USA keeps playing the way they've been playing, I mean, this is definitely a type of game I could see going to penalty kicks or something because that is what happens in uh, the World Cup now at this stage is if it's tied after 90 minutes, they'll play 30-minute overtime, no sudden death, just two 15-minute halves. And then if it's still tied after that, then you go and do the – penalty kicks and you're going to see some penalty kick rounds. It's just what happens in the world cup. But what you do, what you don't want to have happen is the world cup to end in the finals on penalty kicks. We saw that handful of years ago when Italy beat France and it's, it's just not the way it should go. The way it should go is that, you know, you just play a sudden death or something like that would be exciting. If overtime in like the finals was sudden death or it was just extra time until someone scores. I've never been a fan of the the PKs to settle it. You do all this work, and then what? It gets decided because a penalty kick seems seems ridiculous. Even yeah, hockey stops penalty uh, shootouts in the playoffs. I think they're just so worried about players like falling over. I mean, this this game, uh, the U.S. game, went like ten minutes over, eleven minutes over when it was all said and done, and everyone was just dead. Um, so if you end up playing a game that goes, you know, one hundred thirty minutes or something. The players aren't going to make it. You're going to have, and they have subs, but not everyone gets subbed out, and you're probably going to have some bad quality stuff at the end there. So I think that's why they do that. But um, yeah, it's not. It's so random. Even even the best, uh, you know, put the best guys out there. You don't know if they're going to make their kick or not. When just yeah, no, it's crap true. I mean, they, the goalies themselves true. are are guessing. So. Yeah, and I mean, uh, it, no, it's, it's definitely true. I mean, Lewandowski, we mentioned last week, uh, one of the best goal scorers in the world for Poland. Uh, they drew that game 0-0 with Mexico, and he missed a penalty kick in the like 60th minute. So, you know, it's 
you know, I mean, it's just, just shows you that. Yeah. Like Andy said, the best of the best, it's like, whether they're tired or whether they're not tired, it's still, you know, the goalie just guessed right. And uh, I just want to also point out really quickly that they did say that uh, Qatar ended up having the worst performance in a host nation in the history of the world cup. They had one goal, zero points and a negative six goal difference. All three of those and zero wins. All four of those stats, which obviously I said zero points, that obviously indicates zero wins. But uh, all of those stats are the worst in a hosting uh, club for the World Cup. So, um, I mean, because that's the one thing is that the host team gets in automatically. So Qatar could have, you know, not been, you know, capable at all of being here, but they got to be here because their country was hosting. And I don't think they're going to host again. Those stadiums are just going to go to die. People are just going to remember. Yeah, was it really worth it? Um, I don't know. Spent bribed bribed a lot of money to get get it there <laughs> to go to get one goal. Um, but that, I guess that guy will will be a hero forever, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Because when's the next time they'll score a goal in a World Cup match? Yeah, well, who was this guy who scored it? Montari. Montari. Mohamed Montari. Good for him. But uh, yeah, well, that's our. Update right now for the World Cup by this by uh, this time next week. We'll uh, hopefully the USA will still be in it, uh, but we'll definitely have more updates on stuff. And uh, this is when it starts getting exciting after the pool play. The knockout stages are when it really gets intense and everything just gets going better. And it's exciting times. So keep watching it. But the looks like seven a.m. I would assume from here on out it's going to be the earliest, and then I assume it'll it'll go up. I mean they're not going to make the the finals will most likely be at like 10 a.m. or not like 11 a.m. on whenever that uh, Saturday or Sunday is that they do it. But I think that uh, that's up for our uh, World Cup. What do we got? Uh, what do we got next in the sports world? Shift gears and talk about the NHL. Ooh, the NHL. This is going to be quick because I don't know if you know you people listening out there. If you guys remember last week, there was two little segments I talked about. It was the fact that the New Jersey Devils were on a 13-game win streak and that the Anaheim Ducks hadn't won a game in regulation yet. Well, we record on Tuesdays, and I had mentioned that on that very next day, Wednesday, that the Devils were going to have a hard matchup with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And sure enough, the Maple Leafs did beat the Devils, so that ended that 13-game win streak. And the Anaheim Ducks played at home to the New York Rangers, who are a good team, and the Ducks beat them in regulation. So both of those things ended up ending those streaks, the losing streak of regulation and the overall winning streak both came to an end on Wednesday. So just kind of funny that, you know, that was our first time talking about hockey. And then the very next day, both of those things I had mentioned were done. So we, we talked about it just in time, it seems like. And I did say, you know, like Toronto, Toronto's tough. So, uh, yeah, that was just a little little hockey news. Um, Very good. Yeah. And uh, like I said, you know, if anything crazy happens or especially when it comes to the playoffs, we'll uh, talk to you guys more about the NHL. So for you hockey fans out there, just uh, be patient. We'll, uh, we'll talk about it more when the time comes. We're just hockey's just, you know, we're in Southern California. It's just not the biggest thing to talk about around here. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to college basketball. Yeah. Nothing big here either. Um, except uh, North Carolina was the number one team uh, last week, and they lost both their games this week and uh, dropped to number 18. So it's a uh, early season can be a little hectic with uh, the top teams here. 
Um, you know, you get punished pretty big for, for losing games. Uh, so Houston is now the new number one. So the University of Houston. Um, I'm imagining they weren't haven't been number one since Hakeem Olajuwon. I don't know if that's I, I, confirmed. I did see but. something that said yesterday that they haven't been number one, I think, since like the 80s. Yeah. So I feel like that would be Hakeem about right. Olajuwon. Yeah. Um, and I went to look, like, do they have a chance of, like, holding that number one spot for a very long time? Uh, they do have a couple uh, good games coming up. So they got St. Mary's this week. St. Mary's is a good program. Makes tournament a lot, so that'll be that'll be a tough game. Uh, and then they got Alabama on December tenth, and Alabama uh, just beat North Carolina. And that's week, a so. that's a home game for them because then they have probably their toughest matchup a couple games after that. And then yeah, mm. then at at Virginia on December seventeenth. So those are that's some pretty good non conference games right there. Yeah. Before they start their conference play, which they're play in a lesser conference, um, yeah. the the AAC, which has some good teams, but it's just not at like the same level as the you know Big Ten SEC type conference but um yeah it'd be interesting to see if how long houston will hold that number one spot um they're just a a veteran well-coached team it's like it's not the same core group of guys but it's like mostly like older players that they've been good for a few years i think were they were they a number one seed last year or number two seed or something i'm not sure but they were definitely oh in the tournament yeah i believe they were like a two seed last yeah. year in the tournament so it's like they've, they've been good for the last few years and just running a good program right now so yeah, well, that'll be... A, and they did almost uh, lose to Kent State. We should, you know... Kent State is a nobody team, and it was... They only won 49-44, and that game was a lot closer than what that score tells you, so... And I'm looking at what their schedule's been so far this year. Northern Colorado, St. Joseph's, Oral Roberts, Texas Southern, at Oregon, Kent State, Norfolk State. State... Uh, I'm sorry, they haven't played Norfolk State yet. That's coming up, though. But still, that'll be a f- easy first seven games of the season... And then, like Andy said, their first probably real test will be St. Mary's, and then the real, real first test will be Alabama and Virginia. So it'll be a lot of telling because if they uh, are 9-0 and or something like that by the time they play uh, Alabama and Alabama kicks their ass, then it's going to start – you're going to look at that schedule and be like, oh, maybe uh, maybe Houston isn't as good as we think. But I was pointing out on this little ESPN graphic, I thought this was Russell Westbrook. It really does look like Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I don't know who that is on Kentucky, but he looks like Russell Westbrook. Maybe it's his son. I don't think so. Kenny Cornelius. Yeah. Cornelius Westbrook. Yeah, <laughs> well. Right now, let me see. Oh, we're going to have to find out who this guy is. It's oh. not this guy or this guy. I don't know who they look like. Maybe Wallace. He actually looks like he could be Ben Wallace's son. I am. I don't know. Yeah, well. It's not this guy. It remains oh, a mystery. Oh, that was him. That was for sure him. I think that was him. No, this guy's too big. Okay. Well, anyway, that's not not we'll important. Figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. But what? Uh, uh, let's move over to baseball. Baseball. So. Um, oh, yeah, we only got one thing here, and that is the latest and it's, free agent signing. It's upsetting, though, is what it is. It's a big splash. I would yeah, say. Yeah. So former MVP Jose Abreu uh, signs with the Astros, uh, three-year, fifty-nine million. So. Um. I don't know. He, he he hasn't been as good since he won that MVP, but he's still a good bat for that lineup. And um, I assume it's a, a Cuban connection um, with Alvarez. So yeah, I just want to point out. Sorry, going back to the Westbrook thing, I was right. That is well, that it, picture doesn't look like well what he normally looks like to me. But that is number thirty four. Number thirty four. Okay, I mean he was the player of the year last year. Yeah, well, there you go. Great player. Sorry, we just had to like we just had to give that to the people. I don't know why, but 
But yeah, Jose Abreu, it's just going to make that lineup even wor- uh, even scarier. I mean, Astros are the World Series champions, and they've so far gotten the strongest upgrade, it looks like, in this young offseason until we find out where Aaron Judge lands. But uh, are the Astros going to lose anybody? Is there anybody they're supposed to lose to weaken that lineup a little bit? Or is it looking like it's going to be just this lineup? Just I mean, not, not that I know of. I mean, um, what's the you – know, Brantley, who didn't even play in the yeah, – um, he didn't even play the playoffs. So. They don't need him. He's getting yeah. older every year. I don't think any of their core guys, like Bregman or anything like that, Altuve, I think they're all. All right. How about we uh, talk college football now? Ooh, this is where we get into the big meat and potatoes because it is that time of the year. It's the Thanksgiving time. It's the uh, that's when football. And it was the it final was the biggest time. You know, the final week of the college football regular season. Um, rivalry week, they call it sometimes, but not necessarily always big rivals. Um, but a lot of times you do, you do see some uh, non-conference crossovers like um, Clemson, uh, South Carolina, uh, Georgia, Georgia Tech. Um, but yeah, we'll just start with there. Georgia took care of business against Georgia Tech. Didn't even fuck around. Just they were actually, I think, losing seven uh, nothing to start the game, but then won like thirty six to ten or something like that. It was just not really a contest. Um, but then the big the big game this week, which everyone knew, was a big game coming into the season. Uh, Michigan Ohio State, always one of the biggest games of the year. But Michigan winning last year made this, I think, even a bigger game, and that Michigan won for the first time in, in a very long time. Um, and now, could they repeat that, especially when Ohio State was just the better team, um, like ranked, like the whole season? Michigan actually was ranked, they might have been ranked outside the top 10 to start the season, but they just didn't lose. Yeah. While, while Ohio State was always up there, uh, like one or two. I don't, yeah, I think Ohio State was pretty much like, yeah, two or three all season long. Yeah. Um, and what ended up happening here, Ohio State hosts in the game, um, they lost, and it was a weird game for them. And, uh, they didn't really light it up on offense with C.J. Stroud and uh, you know Marvin Harrison Jr. there, um, like they could have. But defensively was was really curious. So Michigan has an incredible run game, and Ohio State decided, okay, well we're just going to play one safety up or you know back, and that's it. And that's hard to do in college because they're kids and they can blow assignments. Having only one safety back deck back there, Michigan hit numerous big plays uh, in the passing game. Um, and it was just like, what are you doing? You can't run this defense anymore. And Ohio State stuck to what they were doing. And, yeah, Michigan just kept racking up big plays. Uh, same thing even in the running game where it's like if you have everyone up and the running back gets past, like, the first group of defenders and now there's no one there and they can go on a big run. But, yeah, it was, I don't know, weird game. It, se- it really seemed like Ohio State overthought it. Yeah, and I was uh, listening to – what we our podcast from uh, last week, and when we were talking about this game, because it it is a big implication for the playoffs. And I said, if you know Michigan got blown out, that that would probably knock them out of the four. If it was a close game, it would probably jump them down. Well, I didn't even think in my right mind that Ohio State would get blown out. I figured if Ohio State lost, it would be a close game, and maybe they would still put them at that four seed. But because they got blown out at home, they rightfully went down to the five seed. And I was hearing that there were some people out there that thought. They were going to be interested to see if Alabama was actually going to be ahead of Ohio State because some people think Alabama's two losses because they were to Tennessee and LSU on the road were actually more like that Ohio State's one blowout loss at home was worse. But I think what hurt Alabama was Tennessee and LSU both losing recently. I think if Tennessee was still or if I don't know, because obviously if Tennessee and LSU, they'd both be ahead of them. So 
I just think those losses ended up hurting Alabama. So that's why those they make those losses look worse now because LSU just lost to Texas A&M, and then we saw Tennessee lose to South Carolina. So it's I think uh, I think that it was the right decision that Ohio State went to the five, and uh, yeah, they're I guess we'll get into the playoff part at the end here probably. Yeah, I'm still going to go through uh, the rest of the highly ranked teams here. TCU won, so uh, not a surprise they uh, won that game. They got a they're in a situation winning you're in basically, so they have a they'll be in the Big Twelve title game. We'll go through the slate of the title games here at the end here. Um, LSU lost to Texas A&M and. Texas A&M has been terrible this year, which yeah. is really disappointing. But it's tough to LSU. play on the road in college. You know, you're, yeah. the A&M fans were still pumped up, and at that point, I think you just played to ruin a season. Like, that's what some of these kids live for at this point in the season, and that was their Super Bowl. LSU came in. LSU was the five seed. They knocked them out, and they ruined LSU season. So that was their – Yeah, and it'll be interesting if LSU is likely going to lose here this week in the title game. Uh, they'll have four losses. So where, <laughs> how far are they going to fall? Yeah, and even if Georgia does lose, they're not going out of the top four. No, it is kind of Georgia like a, a and Michigan. Buy, I think but... have pretty much already clinched themselves. Unless yeah, Michigan, we'll, I guess, we'll did see. lose we'll, to. We'll see. Um, but then here's the thing, though: if Michigan has one loss and Ohio State has one loss, you can't jump Ohio State over Michigan because they beat them. You you could if you wanted to. Uh, yeah, there's all kinds. Doesn't of, seem right though. They're just people. <laughs> um, USC, who was sixth coming into this week, uh, they took care of business at home against Notre Dame. And they have now jumped to fourth in both the AP and the college football playoff rankings. So it means if the season ended today, they're in the playoff. But it doesn't end today. There is one more week of uh, conference championships, which uh, USC will be playing in. So USC is in a win-and-you're-in situation, essentially. I don't see a scenario where they win and get dropped out. And I don't really see much of a scenario where they lose and stay in. like you're saying, Ohio State there, uh, hang around. Ohio State only has one loss. Uh, USC already does have that one loss, so they have two losses. Um, no, they just won, just one. You're right. Yeah, they would have two. They losses would have two if they if they lost. Um, and the ironic thing about that too would be that both losses would have ended up coming to Utah because that's yeah. who they're playing in the conference championship game. Yeah. Um, another big one already mentioned: Clemson, South Carolina. Clemson lost, uh, so kind of a bad season for them. Two losses it seems. The, the record seems better than what they are. Um, the the quarterback, uh, the local kid from here, I don't want to try his name, you know, DJ. Taco, uh, it's like Uga Lele <laughs> Loa or something. Yeah, yeah St. John Bosco, um, which, quick shout out, St. John Bosco beats Modern Day in the CIF yeah. Championship Finals. So he's had kind of an up and down season. He got benched a couple weeks ago. He was awful in this game. But Clemson said, no, he is still our guy. I do not think he is the guy next year. I think he's... No, he'll headed, headed for the transfer portal. He'll transfer. He'll do it like that guy who's on South Carolina did. What's his name? Yeah, Rattler. Big, yeah, Rattler was the big hype guy in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Didn't work out. He goes to a lesser school, probably having more fun. He's going to end up doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, and then another big game this week was the uh, formerly called the Civil War, but they said you can't call it that anymore. Uh, um, Oregon, Oregon State. Did they give a reason why? Um, they said some people on committee said that's offensive, and they're like, oh, no. It's really not because civil war exists throughout the entire world. Like it's just well, it's, also it's a definition. Just, uh, you know what it is? It's because of what's going on in today's world. Where like the no, it literally happened. They said the committee got put together after the George Floyd thing. They're like, okay, we got to look at all races. I think it's because like now like, people just don't get along. Like if you're a, a Democrat, you don't get along with Republicans anymore. If you're a Republican, you don't get along with Democrats. And they say it's going to lead to civil war. So I think 
their fear is that pe- so many yeah. people out there are going to watch Oregon versus Oregon State and see that name and be like, you know what? Yeah, let's yeah. do it because they see how much fun they're having out there. Um, not a lot of fun for the Oregon Ducks uh, yeah. at the end of this game. So this was uh, kind of crazy. Oregon State was keeping it close, and then Oregon blew the game open um, in third quarter. And at that point, I'm like, I'm I'm done. I'm going to move on, watch something else. Um, I watched uh, a delightful uh, <laughs> holiday special um, or holiday two episode special of Saved by the Bell that Sean okay. knows very well. Very nice. Um, oh, is this with the hobo? Yes, on Peacock. Very good. Um, I was like, I'm going to watch something uh, holiday um, branded here. And then when I was over, I looked back at the score and Oregon State was leading. Uh, they came back from, I think, 21 down to uh, beat Oregon. Do you ever think that if you had never watched Saved by the Bell, Oregon would have ended up winning this game? You never know. <laughs> it, it's weird how that works out sometimes. Uh, just weird energy out there. Yeah. Um, so but yeah, he turned off his TV and Oregon State's like, this is our time. Yeah. Um, so Oregon is is the better team, but just kind of, I think they let it go here. And it's hard to play. Um, I'm telling you, it's hard to play on the road. They, it, and especially yeah. in rivalry games, it's any anything can happen. Uh, that used to be my biggest thing. Like when I would bet on basketball years ago was you'd get like the, the number one seed Duke going to Syracuse on a Tuesday night and places rocking. And so many times you would see that team pull the upset. It's, and it has some uh, weird implications here. Um, I don't know. The, the, the title games are strange, but one of the one of the things that's weird about this is Oregon uh, would have played in the title game had they won. Um, but now because they lost, Utah gets in the title game. But if the game goes as expected, that is to say USC beats Utah, handing Utah another loss, USC would be in the playoff, leaving the Rose Bowl empty for another Pac-12 team. Hmm. And who would get it would be end up being Washington most likely would get that game because they'd be the only two lost team. Um, it's a weird scenario. You're like punishing Utah in a sense for having to play an extra game. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. Um, but maybe they won't punish Utah. And yeah, also like I don't know. Utah, like, Utah played in it last year, I believe. Also, maybe um, Utah wins this game. I mean, Utah is no, the only team that beat USC that, this that's, season. That's a scenario I do want to talk about, um, especially as it relates to uh, computers. I don't know if you follow the computers ever, but uh, um, no, yeah, let, me, let me get to that. Um, they have people do rankings based on just data, just results, and put it into the system, see what it comes out. Remember the BCS used to do that. People got pissed yeah. about it. <clears throat> um, those computer rankings show some results that would upset people today. Um, Georgia is still number one in those rankings that I've seen. Um, so that would be that makes sense. Ohio State is still number two, despite the loss oh, yeah. to Michigan, because Ohio State, even just that one loss, and they played a better schedule, and they've um, had better results. I mean, Michigan's won some close games, so they're still ahead of Michigan in those rankings. Um, and I believe Alabama's third. Yeah. <laughs> With their I'm, two losses and a great conference. they're in the best conference. I'm not surprised. The computer rankings showed them third, and I believe USC is like, 16. Yeah, it's because their their defense hasn't been great, and they've um, given up a lot of points to some teams that and, are and Utah not good. is the highest ranked in those computer rankings. Um, so I saw something. USC is favored in this game by like two and a half, three so, or yeah, something. like three points. Um, but the computer projection says U- Utah should win this game because oh. they're the better team. Yeah, maybe they, and they um, will. And Utah so, already beat USC, so really, it is on neutral U- field. Last time they won was in Utah, and it was a last second. Yeah, it was a two point um, conversion. It was yeah, the famous NFL two point conversion mm-hmm. that we'll talk about. Yeah, later. we got a lot of those this past weekend in the NFL. So stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, but yeah, that'll be a exciting game Friday night. Pac-12 usually plays these uh, their championship on a Friday night uh, in Las Vegas. I did oh, it's in that. Vegas. So it is strange. Oh. There, there's no Pac-12 team in Vegas, but Vegas is kind of like a central uh, point for the whole conference because it's close to Arizona, it's close to Utah, it's close to Southern California, Northern California. So I guess Washington is one of the schools that kind of get screwed on that. But um, yeah, and the, and the the Mormons love to come out to Vegas. They can't really do much there, but they like love to come out. Um, there also are a lot of Mormons in Nevada there. Yeah, there is actually. Yeah, I did. I uh, used to. I always mention. I feel like and I yeah, mention it. And Utah is not uh, BYU, but they still are. They are still Utah. Oh so yeah, and that's uh, they'll yeah. I, like they'll, a, they'll have a good good uh, fan base. So. Oh yeah, like as I've, will SC, of course. I've hung out with a lot of Mormon people, and yeah, they uh, there is a lot in Nevada. Mm-hmm. Nevada has always been a big uh, Mormon area, and Utah's what is Utah like six hours from Nevada, six hour drive or something like that. Yeah, so I think from where Utah plays to um, Las there's, Vegas, there's Salt Lake, right? Around that area, yeah. But I mean, yeah, Vegas, Vegas to Southern Utah is an hour away. Um, so if you're like in St. George, Utah, which yeah. why would you be? But um, if <laughs> Actually, you were, yeah. If you're listening from St. George, Utah, thank you for listening. Yes. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we got the, now. What about the? This is another big one right here. Big Twelve, yeah. Kansas State, TCU. TCU wins, they're in. There's nothing holding that back. Kansas State's looked good recently, though. I think this is another scenario where the computer ratings say that Kansas State's better than TCU. Yeah, I, so I don't know what be, the spread actually is on this game either, but we can find that out for you guys really quickly. But uh, Kansas State's look good. I, I have, a, I just have a feeling they're going to get the upset. Yep, TCU is only favored by two and a half, and Kansas State is number ten in the country. And this is the game Kansas, Kansas State's been marked. They've been waiting for this. Did they already play this year? No, I don't think they did. And that's that's why. Although, let me check. Oh, they, no, did. they did. Okay. And <laughs> it was, but it was in TCU and they beat them 38 to 28. And Kansas State was actually up 28 to 17 at halftime in that game, but they got outscored 21 yeah. nothing in the second half. So yeah, they're up 28 to 10. And I'll tell you what, Kansas State has a great running back named Deuce Vaughn. Good running back. I, honestly, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to say it. I think Kansas State beats them this game. Yeah. Well, one thing to consider is uh, this is almost a home game for yeah, TCU. Yeah, it is. It isn't uh, where the Cowboys play, which we kind of briefly talked about TCU last week. TCU is in the Dallas area. So. I'm still going with the upset, though. Kansas State's going to travel for this game. They're ready for it. So that's my Tony's take prediction. Kansas State beats TCU. Book so, yeah, it. that's at 9 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, we got two conference championship games at 1 p.m. Um, I don't know which one you should watch. Because you got the SEC championship, Georgia LSU. We said this game doesn't really matter. Georgia could lose this. Um, they're really only playing for seeding. Georgia's and, favored by 17 and a half, which is a lot for a conference championship game. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's it's kind of crazy. So that's 1 p.m. on CBS. Um, and also at 1 p.m., we got the AAC conference championship game. Uh, UCF Tulane. So I believe this is a rematch from just a few weeks ago. Uh, most likely, yeah. I think it was, and I think UCF beat them. Yep. 38 to 31. So here it is again, then. It should be a good game. This game is being played in New Orleans, which... Tulane is right there. I was going to say, yeah, that is close to Tulane. I thought Tulane is literally in New Orleans. Yeah, you can't get any closer. It's probably, I don't know, Yulman Stadium. Maybe it's where they play. It is. It is where they play. They don't play it at the Saints' place? Okay. All righty, interesting. So it's just a home game for uh, Tulane. And they're favored by three and a half in this game. Should be a good one. And then the last two conference championship games, five o'clock Pacific time, we've got Purdue against Michigan, which 
this is not what we expected. This time last week, what Andy and I were saying was it was going to be Ohio State, Iowa, because that's just what it seemed like it was going to be. And then Ohio State lost at home to Michigan. And then on the day before on Friday, Black Friday, Iowa as 10 and a half point favorites lose at home to Nebraska. Yeah. And that's why they're not in this game against Michigan. It is Purdue and Michigan's favored by 16 and a half and should honestly have no problem running over Purdue unless Purdue finds it in them. This game is in Indianapolis, which is close to Purdue. Yeah. Yeah, Purdue's home, home right there. Um, Maybe Nebraska's fired up about their new coach. They did. Yeah, uh, that's they did happens. hire Matt Rule, who was the Panthers coach earlier this year. And yeah, um, nothing against Matt Rule. He didn't do well with the Panthers, but he was good when he was at Baylor. So I mean, he's yeah, not a I bad saw, coach for college. I saw something about like all oh, his career record isn't that good, and it was like he took over a bad Temple team, turned them around in three years, then took over a bad Baylor team and was one and eleven his first year. And it's like, yeah, that counts against his record, but that wasn't his fault. So. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he's a good guy or not, but he's been successful in in college. So, you know, it um, seems like he's just been given bad teams and is told to turn them around, and yeah. he wasn't able to turn around the Panthers. He didn't know which quarterback to go with. Was the, the they still don't know what quarterback to go with? I mean, we'll get into the maybe we'll get into the Panthers. I mean, I hope not, but we'll see. But the last championship game, the ACC, Clemson against North Carolina, which normally is a great basketball game. We'll see how it is in football. Clemson's favored by seven and a half. The game's in Charlotte, North Carolina, because why not? Both these teams are Carolina teams. It's Clemson, South Carolina? Yeah. So a battle of the Carolinas. They did not play each other this season, so this will be their first meeting of the year, and I think it'll be a good game, I guess. I mean, North Carolina's not bad. I mean, they lost to South Carolina, which hurts them a little bit, but uh, we'll see. You know, it should it should be a good game. Hopefully it's entertaining at least. I mean, it still means something for Clemson so they can get into one of those like big time bowl games, but North Carolina is just probably looking to end up playing somebody like Texas or something or Baylor. Well, yeah, this whoever wins this will get in the Orange Bowl most likely. I think. Oh, okay. Okay. So, who cares? Yeah, nobody. Some people do. People in Carolina do, but it'll definitely be a good weekend of uh college football. So definitely tune in on Friday and this time next week, we will have the answer of who the playoff teams will be. Now, will we know all the bowl matchups by then? I think they usually I think get it's like out pretty quickly. Like yeah. on Sunday, right? Isn't it kind of like a selection Sunday type thing maybe? I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But one thing's for sure, we'll know who the four playoff teams are by next Sunday. And Andy and I, maybe we can do a fun little uh, a bowl thing where we each just pick the winner of the bowl games. And Sean well, can get I, involved too. He can just, you know. I like going through the, uh, the sponsors. It's always fun. Okay. So. Yeah, we'll do that. But I think we should. Uh, I used to do that with my dad's uh, work and stuff, where you just, you know, with no spreads or anything, just you just pick the winner. And sometimes that's fun. And things actually get a little uh, crazy in the bowl games because a lot of times what you'll see is teams that aren't really playing for much, but they made a bowl game. Their star player will is told to sit just so he doesn't get injured in a meaningless game because he, they start to prep for the draft. And then you get head coaches leaving, which. I would like to say really quick, because we talked about it last week, Lane Kiffin is staying in Miss, in Old Miss. Uh, we did think he was going to take the Auburn job. He uh, chose to stay in Old Miss, signed a little extension. So I just wanted to throw that out there, because that is something that becomes tricky. Yeah. They did get an Ole Miss coach, though. They hired uh, Hugh Freeze, who was, um, I believe had to resign in shame um, from University of Mississippi um, a while back. Uh, he had been coaching Liberty. Um, and they've been pretty good for what they are. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that was interesting. A lot of drama there. Yeah. I think Lane Kiffin played him for more money. I think that's how it goes. Yeah, probably did. Well, uh, I think that uh, 
wraps up our college football. So I think we've got uh, one to go left. pro. All righty, down to the pros. Well, Andy, how do you want to start this off? You start off by the Thanksgiving games. Yeah, let's go to the Thanksgiving games. I don't know. I mean, the Bill, Bills game was was a good game, um, but you were just hoping. Or if I guess if you're a Bills fan, you're kind of worried that they're struggling so much right now. Uh, they just barely got by the Lions. Um, was it was a field goal at the end there? I believe right? it was a twenty eight twenty five final or something like that. Yeah, but the Lions tied it with like thirty five seconds left, and you know, and they Josh threw Allen a, got it got it done. They threw a dart downfield, like thirty yards downfield, to Stephon Diggs. Just shows why the Lions have the like worst defense in the NFL, and they had they got the field goal. And then the next game was probably closer than it was. Giants Cowboys twenty eight twenty final. It was a good first half by the Giants, and the Giants went with a little bit of it. I watched I watched pretty much all these games because I didn't I did my Thanksgiving the, the Saturday before, so I was just at home watching these games on a Tuesday or on Thursday. And uh, Giants looked good in the first half, but the Giants seemed like they went with a little bit of a different strategy. They they came out throwing the ball a lot early on, and they're more of a run-heavy team with Saquon, and they looked good in the first half. They were up 13-7, and then the Cowboys stayed with their game plan and had a good two-handed monster running attack. Dak looked pretty good, and they won 28-20, and the Giants did score a late touchdown with like under 10 seconds left, which... You might think is meaningless, but that late touchdown covered the spread for the Giants and it hit the over for the game. So meaningless to the average eye, but meant a lot to the gamblers out there. So that was that one. And then the Thursday night game was a really good game also. Patriots and Vikings. Another thing where it looks like the Patriots threw the ball a lot more than normal. Mac Jones had a career high, like 384 pass yards or something. And the big thing in that game was when it was 26 to or when it was a tie game Patriots had or the Vikings had the ball fourth and four getting ready to punt and there was a running into the kicker penalty that because it was five yards it was enough for the first down Vikings would end up scoring on that drive and that ended up being the winner there was like eight minutes left in the game but no one ever scored again and that one little penalty cost it because the the Patriots were looking pretty good throughout that game you know, it's not what we expected for this game. The Patriots' defense have been so good um, leading up to this game, and their offense have been so bad. Um, so, yeah, good, good for the good sign for the Vikings. They're able to put up that many points, but I don't know what what's going on with their defense where they gave up so many yards to Mac Jones. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that, but yeah, and it also Vikings win in doubt. Just throw it up to Justin Jefferson. He's just outstanding. He already like broke the NFL record, I think, for most receiving yards throughout a certain amount of games in a career, and he's just looking great. I think that record he broke was actually Randy Moss's, they said. So, see, sky's the limit right now for Justin Jefferson. He looks he looks good. And, uh, Andy, I'll let you take on this next game since it's your team that we got here on the list. Yeah, so uh, my team played the Arizona Cardinals, one of the, the worst teams. I don't think they're the – they're not the worst team in the NFL, but they're bottom 10, I think, safely. Um, and this was kind of like if they can't win this game, then it's really over. They're they're five and five, and they've got an easy schedule, but this is one of the uh, easier schedules on easier games left on the schedule. So it was important they won, and uh they they really struggled. They got down early like they always do. Um they were down by a touchdown for about the entire fourth quarter, and they had multiple tr- chances which mean, meant the Arizona Cardinals had multiple chances to put the game away. Up by seven, just needed one score. Uh, they couldn't do it. Chargers get the ball back one last time. They get a, a short field, uh, and they do it. 
they get they get the touchdown, they get the six points, put them down by one. And what do you do with 20 seconds left? You're on the road. Why don't you try to win the game right here? Right? Absolutely. Uh, and they, they they go for two, aggressive call, and they get it. They get it rewarded the right for call. it. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they they called some good goal line plays. They had one um, earlier in the game, good one to Keenan Allen, like a first and goal from the two, just easy score. Um, and then, yeah, the game the game tying touchdown, I guess not technically tying, but uh, to Eckler and then the two-pointer were both both really good plays too. So um, not an impressive win at all. I don't know if I'm any confident that they'll go on to make the playoffs, but it was kind of a, a must win if you want to stay alive. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I have mixed feelings because if they had lost this game, I could have basically tuned them out the rest of the year because I'm like, they're not going to get it done. Um, there's too many good teams in the AFC. So, I mean, the playoff picture right now is uh, Chargers and Patriots are tied for eighth, which is the last spot out. So, um, Bengals and Jets, both seven and four, are the uh, fifth and sixth wildcard teams or sixth and seventh wildcard teams. Um, those teams are playing well. It's going to be tough to, to catch up to either one of those. Uh, but at least they're alive. Like they're only a game back, and it's conceivable. So it's just it's kind of wild looking at these standings right now. If the playoffs were to start today, that you look in the middle right there, and Baltimore and Buffalo would be playing each other in the first round. You know, you'd have the Chiefs would get that first round by, and you'd get Dolphins versus Jets, which who would have thought? Titans versus Bengals, then Baltimore versus Buffalo. I mean, it's it's been a fun playoffs. I mean, a fun uh, NFL season so far, which I think is going to lead to a fun playoffs, and then. You know, on the NFC side, if it were to end today, you'd have the Eagles the first round by, and then you get Minnesota against Washington in the first round, Niners, Giants, and then again in the middle, you'd have Tampa Bay versus Dallas. So it's 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 going to be a fun, definitely a fun playoff. But obviously, all that's going to get shaken up. There's still about six weeks, or I think seven weeks to go, but six uh, six games left. Six for games everybody. for most teams. Some some teams have played uh, twelve. Or okay, yeah, and those buys I think are this week, which I think are the last ones. And then I think after this, there's no more buys. And then that's when games schedules start getting weird. Games will stop being on Saturdays and stuff, and Fridays. Christmas Christmas throws some stuff off here. All I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, let's confirm. Well, Christmas is on a Sunday this year. So yeah, the week of Christmas, most of the games are played on Saturday. And there's three Sunday games and then a Monday game. So, goddamn, the fucking football gods want to just fuck us so bad with these Monday football games. It's embarrassing. Yeah. You get the Colts on Monday football again. <laughs> goddamn. Oh. Um, well, you know who's not going to be in the playoffs? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Super Bowl champs, yeah. the defending Super Bowl champs, champs have lost eight games already this season. They're now Which three is and eight, tied for the worst ever for a Super Bowl defense. Yeah, and they're almost the worst team in the entire NFC, which is yeah. insane. I, I was thinking about should they? They don't own their first round pick, you know, from the, from the Stafford trade. Detroit gets that pick. They should still probably tank just to get a better second round pick because they could really use use it right now. They are they could use anything. They are very bad. Um, a team built around some high level talent. The talent gets hurt. It goes team starts to really go into the tank here. Um, but yeah, they got to really think about what the next five years are for this franchise. Um, I don't think it's going to be looking good. I mean, I think it's good for them that they won that Super Bowl, but I don't think Stafford's going to get any better from here on out. And then the defense is aging and doesn't look anything impressive. And then well, Donald they have no, might retire. And they have no ground game. And then we've always like we've talked about before on this podcast that McVeigh has talked about before that it seems like what he actually wants to do is 
going to like the broadcasting and stuff like that. And I think he will. He's young. He can go do that for come back. 10 years. Exactly. And he can come back when he's 50 years old, which is in like 15 years for him, 55, and coach for 15 years and coach till he's 70 like the rest of these guys do. And then go call it a quits and then die peacefully in his den watching like NFL films or something. Yeah, you're thinking way, way too far. And <laughs> in a good picture there. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the another team that was once in LA, we're just going to trend here. The Las Vegas Raiders win their second straight game, and it was also their second straight in overtime. And kudos to Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs walked it off with an 84-yard touchdown run in overtime, ended up rushing for 229 yards in the game, over 300 total yards. He was in his contract year. You could tell the Raiders didn't seem like they believed him anymore. And then I think now he actually might lead the league in rushing. He's either in first or he's second behind Derrick Henry. I'm not sure. We're going to find out here in a second. And he is number one now by 11 yards over Derrick Henry. I'm sorry, by 111 yards over Derrick Henry. My math there was, uh, I didn't see that first one. Because we have uh, three guys right now over 1,000 rush yards. But just kudos for Josh Jacobs. If he ends up leading this league in rush yards... Good on him. Josh Jacobs is a good guy. He's got a good story. If you ever listen to it about how when he was like basically a homeless, like living out of a in a out of a car, like on like people's floors when he was in Alabama and stuff like that, or before Alabama, whenever it was. But uh that was the guy him. on Saved by the Bell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe that episode was about Josh Jacobs. But uh anyway, though the Raiders still suck. Four and seven, but if you ask the Raiders that they think there's still hope to make the playoffs, so in the Raiders' eyes, they're going to win the next six games and end the season 10-7. and seven. But in the reality of it, you're probably looking at like a 6-11 and 11 season, maybe 7-10 and 10 if they're lucky. But I don't know. You know, we'll see here. What's their schedule look like? Ooh, home against the Chargers will be a good one. And then they go to the Rams, which is easy. But yeah, they, they end the season against the Niners and Chiefs and at the Steelers, so the which will be easy. the Chiefs might have... Clinch the number one seed at that point, so they could get an easy win. But it won't matter by then, though. The Niners will still be fighting for the one or two spot, or at least the two spot. And then <clears throat> Patriots are going to be tough. And then you go into Pittsburgh on Christmas Eve. Good luck. But uh, anyway, what do we got here? Moving on now, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, they're still in first place, but just a really just because the upsetting, so bad. upsetting season. Um, this one. Losing to the Browns, it's like you should win this game. They couldn't couldn't put the team away, let them tie it, and then you lose in overtime. And Tom Brady hates everyone. He hates his coach. The whole city hates the coach. Um, they hate the offensive coordinator. It's it's just really really bad feelings on all around. And yet they might still probably should still win this division. I don't know. And I don't know. This is the last. It was the last Jacoby Brissett game as well. So uh, he goes out a winner. I guess that's nice for him. Yeah, but I don't know. Weird, weird, awful game. I don't even want to talk about it. But yeah, there's nothing much to talk about. It was a ugly game. Browns got the job done in overtime, and that's that. But another team in Ohio who's actually starting to win now, Cincinnati Bengals, were without Joe Mixon, who's their leading running back, and their star wide receiver Jamar Chase. I believe was that game in Tennessee. They go to Tennessee, which is always one of those teams that nobody likes to talk about that much, and yet they still just win. But Cincinnati went there and they beat them, and the Bengals are now seven and four, along with Tennessee now being seven and four, and the Bengals are technically behind the Ravens. Is it 
have they is have they played each other yet? Is that why? So the Ravens did get the win against them, but uh, the Bengals are they're getting hot again, and they're doing this without, like I said, their two star offensive guys outside of their quarterback did not play. So they should be getting chased back soon. I think Mixon should be coming back this week. It's uh Bengals offense is starting to roll, you know, and uh, hey, they got to the Super Bowl last year, so you you, you got to give them respect when they get in there. I mean, they are the defending AFC champions, so. They're uh, someone to, you got to watch out for. So we'll see how it ends up going for Cincinnati from here on out. But I assume they will sneak into the playoffs. They're right there, and they could even end up winning the division and getting a home game. So we'll see because the Baltimore Ravens haven't looked that amazing either. I don't think we – yeah, no, we do. We'll get well, to that. Well, they're off and on. They yeah. are. Um, they can look great and they can look really Well, they've bad, got so. blown, I think, four big leads this year, which we'll, uh, we'll get yes. to that in a moment. But uh, the next one here – the New York Jets moved to seven and four, and they benched their quarterback, uh, Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. and they brought in a guy named Mike White, which honestly sounds like a name of a guy you would just make on like Madden or something. Like if you just made a custom quarterback, you'd be like, "Yeah, I'll name him Mike White." Yeah, he's a famous filmmaker, and that's and that's what it honestly looked like because he made the wide receivers happy, threw for over three hundred yards. Was it three touchdowns? Mm-hmm. And they were talking about, they're like, how many three-touchdown games does Zach Wilson have in his career, Andy? I'm going to say zero. Zero. That's right. Uh, I think I saw Zach Wilson has like three on the whole season or something like that, maybe four. Yeah, uh, so Mike White looked in, and you could tell he was confident. I saw something. They, I heard something, too, that happened in that game where he threw a bad throw to, uh, I think it was Wilson or one of the receivers, and it led to him getting hit kind of hard, but it was a dangerous throw. And he said, and after that play, he ran right over to him and apologized and said, I'm sorry, that was my, I shouldn't have thrown that. And the receiver just was like, no, it's all, it's okay. It's okay. And you could just tell, it seems like now there's mojo changing because now they are happy. And somebody made a good point too. the talk about that game is it wasn't like he just replaced Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson didn't even dress that game. So that's me. That's them saying Zach Wilson's done for the year. Like they basically even said that if this guy doesn't do well or he gets hurt, we'd rather have Joe Flacco go in there than you. And if Joe Flacco dies of old age out there, we'd rather have a tight end go out there than you. Zach Wilson's really coming off like a spoiled rich kid here. Um, he really, really disaster here. I did see a good joke that said uh, the Colts are going to trade for him. Yeah, and I mean, and obviously Panthers. Zach Zach Wilson gained some popularity with some, you know, some frat people in the off season because of the whole story about him, like hooking up with like his mom's friend or something like that. But take it from someone like me. That's, that's just a regular weekend. There's nothing to gloat about. I'm just kidding. Those weekends are in the past. Not so classic much anymore, Tony. But no, but really it, it was one of those things where I feel like something like that got into his head. It's like, here's this little guy that's just walking through and everybody's like, yeah, man, you're the man. Are you kidding me now? Stifler's mom. Hell yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, unfortunately, you still suck at football, though, for the pros, at least. And honestly, do you think, Andy, hot take here. Do you think Zach Wilson ever start a game again in the NFL? Yes, but I don't think he'll be a regular starter. Yeah. But Mike think- White dated so, uh, Sarah Silverman. <laughs> okay. Who? <laughs> there is a guy named Mike White. Oh, okay. He wrote School of Rock and also oh. was in School of Rock. Who's in, he in School of Rock? The very beginning with Sarah Silverman. He's, he's the guy who dates oh, he's Sarah. Oh, like, like the boyfriend, right? He's yeah. like the friend that he's letting him live there. Come on, man! <laughs> I might never have a girlfriend again. Come on! <laughs> oh, that's right. That is funny. I forgot. I honestly forgot about that opening scene, like when they talk about his, you know, how he is, who he is. A funny movie. It is a funny movie. It's a great movie. But uh, okay, yeah. Moving on to the another team in the East Coast, the Washington Commanders, who. 
we've talked about this before. Heineke just seems to make it make it happen. You know, I compared him to like Tim Tebow last week where it's not like in a sexy, like he's not as sexy when he wins, but he wins games. They don't have to be sexy. And, you know, he's doing it again. They win against the Falcons. Defense came through late on a tipped pass that led to an interception. And like Andy and I point out right here, 138 pass yards, but two touchdowns, one interception, an awful QBR of 53.7. But hey, he had his team had 19 points. The other team had 13. So that's what matters. And the, yeah, the defense have been playing well. Uh, and Chase Young is still not playing. They think next week now they keep moving the date back. Um, but that'll be a, a big, you know, but hey, if you if you can keep saving them one more week and you're winning games, it makes it even better because then that defense could be really mean come the playoffs. And that's hey, they could they, they could be a problem to some team. You know, they go against, you know, maybe an old Tom Brady in the first round or maybe a Kirk Cousins and they might give him trouble. You know, you never know. So we were talking about the bye weeks and teams that haven't um, have played twelve games already. Um, looks like Washington's. It's for some reason that's uh, a weird scheduling. They're playing the Giants this Sunday. Then they have a bye week, and then they play the Giants again. So they still have their bye week another week from okay. now, pretty late in the year. Um, but yeah, back to back games. That's a maybe something happened that I'm not sure of. It's a weird scheduling thing. Um, but yeah, I was thinking. They're now tied with the Giants in the win column, at least, and they play them two more times. Yeah, I don't think they I've sweep, ever... They sweep that thing. They are in the playoffs, and the Giants are looking probably out. I don't think I've ever seen that thing where the Giants, uh, where you play a team the same like two weeks in a row. I mean, granted, there's a bye in the middle there, but... Still I, yeah, I've definitely seen it two in three weeks um, like this, Which but yeah, I, not, yeah. not with the sandwich or the bye. So. Yeah, and then they have to go to the Niners, and then they got the Browns at home and the Cowboys at home. So that and honestly, their playoff chances might come down to beating the Cowboys at home on uh january 8th so it's gonna be definitely be an interesting run for the commanders who are hot right now they've won six of seven so we'll uh we'll see about that and their only loss was a three-point loss to the number two seed nine and two vikings so the commanders are playing great football right now and uh moving on we got the carolina panthers get a win with sam darnold I don't even remember who the Panthers play because I just do not care about the Panthers. So remember when you asked me, will Zach Wilson start another game? Yeah. Um, this is why I believe he will because Sam James. Darnold just comes back in again. It's like, yeah. oh, all right, you're here yeah. again. Good point. I think the the third guy to start a game for the Panthers, um, yeah, they beat the Broncos who are really playing like the worst team right now. Just definitely the worst offense by far. Only putting up 10 against Carolina. Just uh, every, everything sucks for that team. Um, yeah, they'll just have to come back next year. Just pretend the season doesn't happen. Um, yeah, congratulations to Sam Darnold back back in the NFL as a starting quarterback. I don't know. Great. Not, yeah, not an amazing game statistically. A, but a big takeaway with this game, though, too, is the Broncos obviously lost again, only scored 10 points. But there was a moment that they've talked about a lot where one of the defensive linemen on the Broncos, as he was walking off the field, was screaming at Russell Wilson. And it just painted the picture that it was basically like the Broncos defense has played phenomenal this season. They're actually like – number two in the entire league, I think in like yards given up or something. And it's frustrating when you play that well and your team is three and eight because your team averages like 12 points a game. And he finally yelled. One of the guys yelled at Wilson. It just is like the thing of the season where he basically is just kind of like, you know, we paid all this money for you. Like you were here supposed to win this game because if Russell Wilson was playing good, the Broncos would be a very scary team right now with how good their defense is. But the offense just isn't gelling and the Broncos find themselves three and eight one of the worst records in the entire NFL. And 
I don't think it's going to get any better because they have no offense. They can't score. And, I mean, they've lost two games to the Raiders this year. That tells you and how bad it is. Seattle Seahawks are hoping they keep losing because yeah, – Yeah, they have the number three pick right now, I heard. Something like that. Yeah, that can be a devastating trade here. And the Seahawks have looked good this year. So if you get if they get the number, a top three pick, whew. But, uh, okay, we got a couple more to talk about here. The Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Baltimore Ravens was actually a very exciting game. And I kind of predicted this a little bit in the fourth quarter when I was watching it because when the Jaguars scored to go down by one, I said I was like, they're going to go over two. And somebody I was with was like, no, why would they do that? And I'm like, because there's 30 seconds left in this game and they're they're not a they're an awful team. They're playing a good team. You go for two. Why go in overtime? And sure enough, they did go for two and they got it. And then I predicted one more thing. I said, watch this though. I said, especially after they squibbed it down, it was like on like the 30 or something. I said, watch. They're gonna be able to, because they have 30 seconds. I said they're gonna be able to get to around midfield-ish, and they're gonna let Tucker go for it because he's got the rec NFL record and he's got the best leg the NFL has maybe ever, ever seen. And sure enough, what happened? Justin Tucker lined up for a game-winning 67-yard field goal down by one. Andy, did you see it when it was first kicked? Did you see it live? I mean, it was it was straight. It was gonna be in. And oh, it, I did see it. Yeah, and just, it did fall short. short. Yeah. yeah, watching it live, you were kind of like, "Holy shit!" Cause it was lined up. It was like, it just depended on the leg and he did fall about three, four yards short. And that is why football, just like a lot of things in life is a game of inches and he wasn't able to get it, but you can't blame, you know, he went for it and uh, yeah, that's that. But you know, nobody ever cares. I mean, no one ever dislikes seeing the Ravens lose. I don't think, right. It's always good to see the Ravens lose, but we got the final game here to talk about Andy. I'll let you take it away here. Yeah, not the not the most exciting game. Well, I guess it was high, a high it was a fun, exciting game. But I mean, a team that's already probably eliminated. Uh, but the Green Bay lost again. But they also lost Aaron Rodgers to injury, and we don't know yet if he's going to be missing games or missing the whole rest of the season. But uh, yeah, a lot of people are like this could be it for Aaron Rodgers as a Packer as an NFL player. No one really knows what his future holds. Um, the Eagles do move to ten and one, and I, I believe. Did they like set the record for most rushing yards in a game or something like that? Or, or most rushing yards in a long time? It was a, uh, yeah, it was three hundred and like sixty something rush yards, which yeah was the. It actually said it was the most for the Eagles. Must have been yeah, but it was um. They said back in the day when it was like a lot of those teams in like the forties and stuff would all they would do is run the footballs where like the records actually are. Yeah, they said it was the. Rushing record against 376, 376 yards since like 1948 or something like that. But yeah, they uh, they dominated the ground, 363. You know, you had your quarterback and uh, running back both rush well over 100, 300 combined yards between Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. Impressive. But I think another little key takeaway there was, I think, you know, with uh, Rodgers getting hurt was Jordan Love came in, and Jordan Love looked pretty good. Six of nine, 113 yards, one touchdown. QBR of 94.2, but there was a couple passes in there that were incompletions that I think like could have been caught. Like those, those stats could have easily been like eight of nine for, you know, 30 more yards, maybe even another touchdown in there. But he, you know, he looked, he looked all right. And you know, it makes you wonder, Andy has uh, how much, I mean, I can't imagine Rogers there another year. Is he, I think at some point Green Bay has to make a decision. He's he's under contract. He signed an extension, but yeah, will he, Ask for a trade. Will he just retire? And it's all up in the air right now. 
Yeah, and that'll it'll definitely be a it'll that'll definitely be a big off season story. But yeah, I think that uh that'll wrap us up here for the sports podcast. All right. Well, um Sean and joined with me on episode two hundred and ninety nine of the Tony Sake Podcast. We had off road Andy. Yep. And Tony Katz. Yes, thank you. See you later.